If there's a copyright on there, does it mean I'm not allowed to use it like that? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I'm sure it's violated something. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, not for profit. We're safe. Andrew, am I okay? I don't know what All right. Thank you. Just don't tell anyone. So I like this. We're going to keep this video in mind, that they, they will not listen to a stranger. It's all about voice recognition. And so we're going to hear uh, John the Evangelist share uh, this story about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And it goes like this from John 10. He, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he, is, when he had brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of the strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. And so these... Sheep, the people of God, Jesus now kind of describes them in two different categories. He says uh, these two different groups of people, they're trying to enter the fold. We have those who enter the fold by the gate, and then we have those who try to gain entry by climbing over the fence. Those who do not enter by the gate, he calls sheep stealers, thieves, bandits. And so this should make a little bit of, there's a little common sense here. Anyone trying to gain access to your home via the window without your express invitation to walk through the door is probably up to no good, right? And so put simply, Jesus is saying we've got gate people and we've got fence climbers. And so Jesus' invitation for us is going to be that he wants us to join the fold through the gate, and so gate people are Christ-centered. Fence climbers are people who refuse to recognize his voice, who refuse to uh, see the centrality of Jesus. And so gate people, he might say, push no other agenda, no other message, no other emphasis but Christ first. And so gate people, the great example takes place right before our passage. We might remember the healing of the man who was born blind. He's the example that Jesus has in mind when he's saying this. This is a gate person who recognized the healer. He listened to Jesus' voice. He pointed to him, even at, uh, at the face of excommunication from his own community. Now, these fence climbers that he's talking about seem to come in many shapes and sizes, but the one thing that they all have in common is that they don't know the voice of the shepherd. These sheep stealers that Jesus is talking about push other agendas. They make secondary things ultimate things 
And so the fence climbers take other things, even things that may be really good, but they make them more important than they really are. And so the people that he has in mind also come from this previous story, the story of the man born blind. And these fence climbers were the Pharisees. They were the religious leaders. Unfortunately, people like me. They made the rules and the regulations more important than Jesus himself. And in this, Jesus is saying that they were actually attempting to lead people away from Jesus. They were pointing people in the wrong direction. So in the case of the blind man, they couldn't even see the miracle that Jesus performed because Jesus broke the rules when he healed the man. And so the rules were more important than the healing, and to miss the miracle, and to miss the miracle worker was to miss the point. So the sheep pen, so Jen talked about this in her introduction, right? It's this, it's this open-air enclosure. But the interesting thing that I didn't know, so maybe it was a pile of rocks, sometimes they put some thorns over the top of it, but there was no door to the enclosure. Open-air enclosure with no door, just an open. The pen was dirty, it might be smelly, but its purpose was for protection. At night, the sheep are brought into the enclosure, and the shepherd himself would lay himself across the entrance of the doorway. The shepherd literally became the gate to this enclosure by protecting the sheep with his physical person. And so the Bible calls Jesus the good shepherd, and this is really important stuff who, once the sheep are safely in the enclosure, we're supposed to see Jesus stretched out, lying across this open doorway, protecting his people from predators and thieves. This is something that I missed, and I've read this a thousand times. This is why Jesus is called the gate, right? So we're supposed to see Jesus protecting his sheep, lying across the open. And so he says that the way into the fold, into communion with God and God's people, is through the gate. Acknowledging Jesus, pointing to him, recognizing his voice. And so fence climbers, they get to the gate, but they find that God has closed it up tight, barring their entry, just like we would forcibly do if somebody were trying to come through our window in the middle of the night. And so the keeper of the gate refuses to let him in because these thieves, as Jesus is calling them, are actually pointing people in the wrong direction. And Jesus is saying, you've got to be careful of these folks. But when the shepherd approaches the gate, the gatekeeper opens the door and lets the sheep out because all the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. And so here's another thing that I learned that I never knew before. At first, we're talking about how people get into the fold, how to gain safe entry into the people of God. But here, we're talking about uh, the sheep being led out of the pen, back out into the world. And so the key to this whole thing is recognizing the voice of the good shepherd, being able to distinguish that voice above all the other voices. And so we've got this reminder that Jesus is the one who truly loves us. We've got this reminder that Jesus is the one, it says that he knows, the shepherd knows the sheep by name, that Jesus knows our name. We have this image of Jesus being stretched out across the opening of the enclosure. And so then he says, but we're not meant to live in the pen. That's good news, right? 
that God is leading us out to share God's blessings with others. It's this call to mission that when we leave this place of worship this morning, it's Jesus himself who is outside calling our names, leading us back out into the world, listening for that voice in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in these places of employment, in our schools. And so Jesus sends us back out into the world in mission, but he does so with a warning. He says, beware of strangers. Now, stranger danger is something we all teach our kids, right? The sheep in the video we watched, they refused to listen to the voice of three different strangers who called them because they did not recognize the voice. This is where we're supposed to learn something from our woolly friends. Like I said, they're a little smarter than they look. When they hear a voice they don't recognize, they refuse to listen. Jesus says, when you hear a voice that doesn't resemble the voice of the good shepherd, we're to turn and walk away. So first we receive this warning, but we leave with a promise. Those who enter the fold through Jesus, the gate, are promised abundant life. This is the promise of salvation. It's the full reconciliation with God, this relationship with God and with God's people, the church. The thief, Jesus says, comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus said he came to lay down his life that we might have abundant life, peace with God, freedom, and purpose. And so he seems to be saying that in our loyalty to him, by listening to his voice, his teaching, his word, by living it out in the world, that we're going to experience what really living, what it's all about, that we're going to experience life the way that God intended. I used to work with a pastor who used to say this to me all the time. He really instilled this in me. He said that the, the difference, Jesus makes a difference in our everyday life because when we live the way of Christ, we're living the way that God created us to live. It always stuck with me. It's not about how long we remain breathing or on the right side of the grass, as one of my friends says. It's more about the quality of our lives. Once God has breathed divine life into us. And so as Christians, we're recipients of this divine life. And yet, when I was thinking about this, I found it kind of strange how often in our just regular daily vocabulary we talk about death and not living. Here we go. When your job or your boss is giving you a tough time, you say, my job is killing me. When my hip hurts, which it does a lot, I tell Katie every night, my hip is killing me, don't I? See? (laughs) Thank you. Now, on the contrary, like if we say something, let's see, we say something that someone agrees with, we say what? You're dead right. If we disagree with them, we say you're dead wrong. (laughs) Now, when someone is constantly a failure, we might call them a deadbeat. When we say something that's really embarrassing, we might say, I could have died right there. And then my favorite one, if we get really, really upset, we get worked up about something, we might even say, not over my dead body. body, Why do we we talk like that? Jesus is offering life, not death. Real living that he says begins now. Right here, right in this place, gathered together in worship, it continues on through those doors, out into the world, stretching into eternity with Jesus the good shepherd. And so maybe we should attempt to speak more about really living, 
Because John, in a later letter, he actually wrote these words. He said, he who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life. And so that's what Jesus is saying it's all about, that we enter into this life with God and with each other through the gate, through Christ. And so as we leave, we listen for that voice. We listen for the voice of the good shepherd who laid down his life for you and for me, who knows us by name, who knows everything about us, who calls us, who sends us and shares with us his mission. It's a trustworthy voice that leads to abundant living. And that's what it really means to be alive. To be truly alive is to be alive in Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen.